Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. Now, way number four is this. Let's read on. Verse 31, he says, So don't worry about these things, saying, underline, saying. He says, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Way number four to live the worry-free life is speak God's word or take authority over worry by speaking the word of God. You see, what comes out of your mouth, guys, is powerful. You can actually begin to change the momentum of your mind, reverse the momentum of your mind, simply by you beginning to speak the Word of God. You see, there's something very powerful that happens, guys, when we speak something out loud. It's, it's powerful. You know, our thoughts are very powerful, guys. But how many know there's something that happens, there's something that changes or that shifts when you begin to speak something out loud. And so what you want to begin to do is you want to begin to speak the Word of God. You want to begin to declare the promises of God over your life. Amen. And so let's just read on and see what Jesus says here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 32. Now, he says in verse 32, guys, he says, he says, now he just said, you know, don't say what will we eat, what will we wear or and drink. And now he says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. And notice he's going back to thoughts. You see, worry, guys, is a condition of the mind. It's a condition of the mind. He says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your, now notice this, guys, this is so huge, but your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. God already knows what you need. And notice he's talking about your heavenly Father, and so that's going to imply relationship with God. He's not just God, guys. He's, he's your Father. He's Abba Father. He's your heavenly Father, and he's a Father who not only knows your needs, I want you to understand, but he's, he, he provides for your needs. Now, he says in verse 33, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And so what does it mean for us to seek the kingdom of God? Watch this now, guys. Seeking the kingdom of God is all about relationship. Glory to God, I submit to you, it's all about your relationship with Jesus. You see, seeking the kingdom of God is seeking God himself, and watch this now, it is seeking Jesus himself, because guys, the kingdom of God is a person, I want you to understand, his name is Jesus, glory to God, and so you seeking the kingdom of God is not you getting caught up in your performance, no, a glory to God, you seeking the kingdom of God is you making the relationship with Jesus your priority, and that is way number five to live the worry-free life. Number five is make your relationship with Jesus your priority. It's all about the relationship. You see, as we said, guys, if you have a strong relationship with Jesus, man, what happens is you're going to know him. You know, you're not just going to know about him. You're going to know him from the heart. And when you, when you know him from the heart, guys, you know the same God who is the God who multiplies loaves and fishes, glory to God. It's the same God uh, who, uh, who, who takes care of, of your every need. You have a personal relationship 
relationship with him and it is you seeking him as in a personal relationship guys that seeking the kingdom of God is all about look at Matthew chapter 11 flip over to Matthew 11 28 verse 30 I want to read these real quick here uh, you know Jesus says seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and remember righteousness guys in this new covenant is not your performance no righteousness you are righteous simply as a result of your faith in Jesus and I notice what happens when you make the relationship your priority he says in Matthew 11 verse 28 he says this he says then Jesus said come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens how many guys know that's one way you can describe worry amen Sometimes you worry, it feels like this heavy burden that you're carrying. Well, child of God, no matter what's going on in your life, Jesus says, come to him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And notice what he promises you. He says, I will give you rest. You see, there's something powerful that happens, man. When you can start to replace your worry with being at rest. Now, what do we mean by being at rest? We don't mean inactivity. We're not talking here about a physical rest. No, what this is talking about, guys, is it's, it's, a, it's a resting of your soul. It's you having peace in your mind, your will, and your emotions, independent of what's going on in your life. You see, there's something powerful that happens when rather than you focusing on whether or not this situation is going to change, focus on your relationship with Jesus, focus on the peace that comes from your relationship with Jesus, and, and there's something very powerful that happens, guys, where even when the situation doesn't change right away, you're, you're going to find it's going to enable you to navigate your way through that situation with far more efficiency than you could ever do than if you were worried and concerned. Are you guys catching on with this? This is make sense, guys. And so, and so you want to seek his rest here. He says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you. He says, let me teach you. You see? And so he's going to teach us, guys. He's going to give us wisdom in terms of what to do. He's going to teach us how to live in a way uh, that, that is in accordance with who we are in Christ, he says. But guys, notice it's, it flows out of relationship. You see, that's not you working a principle. That's you practicing your relationship. He says, let me teach you. And I love this, guys. He says, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. It is a resting of your soul where you can be at peace no matter what's going on in the natural. Now, way number six is going to be in the next verse here. Verse 34, uh, hit back over to um, Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, 34 where he says, so don't worry about tomorrow. He says, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. <laughs> Guys, how many know there's always something you can be worried about? Is he? he says, today's trouble is enough for today. Now, notice the interesting thing about worry, guys, is that worry is always going to have you focused on the future. Worry is always going to project a, a negative mental image into the future. And guys, it is this, and listen to this, guys, it is this negative mental picture of the future that is going to generate fear, 
care, and anxiety. Remember, your worry is not the result of what's happening right now. Your worry is about what you're what you think is going to happen. It's the picture that you're creating on the inside of you. You're kind of scaring yourself with your own negative mental picture. Now, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. In other words, he's saying, stay focused on today. And so this is number six. Way number six to live the worry-free life is live in the here and now. Guys, there's something very powerful that happens when we begin to live in the here and now, when we don't always just project ourselves into the future, but man, you stay focused on what's in, what's in front of you right now. In other words, what you want to do is this. You want to remain present by trusting God with your future. Guys, did you just catch that? You want to remain present by trusting God with your future. Look at James chapter 4 in the NLT as well, verse 13, verses 13 through 16. James chapter 4, verses uh, 13 through 16. I love this. He says in verse 13, Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town, and we will stay there a year. We will do business there, and we'll make a profit. Sounds a lot like, you know, just a regular day. I mean, thing that people do every day. You know, they make uh, plans for the future. But notice, guys, how, how we're called to live here. He says in verse 14, <laughs> I love what he says. He says, he says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? How do you know what your life is going to be like tomorrow? You see? He says, he puts it in perspective. He says, your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while and then it's gone. He's putting it into perspective, guys. Because guys, how many know that we as believers, we are called to live our lives in dependence on God? And so if you're, if you're remaining present by trusting God with your future, how do you want to make plans? Do you still want to make plans? Of course, we still make plans. <laughs> Amen. For the future, he's not saying don't make plans. He's just saying, rather than you just saying, hey, this is going to what I, this is what I'm going to do. You know, here's my five-year plan, man. <laughs> you know, and then I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, and you got all the details mapped out. Well, guys, what we're saying here is there's a better way for us as believers to live. Look at verse 15. He says, what you ought to be saying is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Now, what is he saying here? He's saying that we are called to, again, be present by trusting God with the future. And so that means you're not worried about your future. And that means even though you might have a certain idea of where you think your life is going to go in the future, what you want to do is you want to surrender it over to what God wants to do. You want to surrender it all over to what God wants to do. This is seeking God's direction. This is trusting Him. And guys, you know what this is, glory to God? <laughs> this is letting God be God. This is letting God be God. He says in verse 16, otherwise you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. That's a radical statement, guys, where God really wants us to live in complete submission to him to the point where, man, yeah, I got some plans for my future, you know, but Lord, it's really going to come down to what you really want to do in this area of my life. Are you guys tracking with me here? You see, and notice what that does, guys, is when you're trusting God and you're just kind of, you know, surrendering, in a sense, to what he wants to do in your life. And remember, guys, you have a relationship with him. You know him. Amen. 
you know, that His plans for you are for good, well, that's going to put you in a state of ease rather than fear. Oftentimes, guys, a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry comes from, you know, you got all these plans and you're not sure if your plans are going to work out. And you're like, oh my God, Alex, you know, what if my plans don't work out? Well, uh, guys, guess what? Your plans are not always going to work out, <laughs> okay? You're going to have times in life, guys, where things are not going to go the way that you thought they were going to go. That's just life. But you're going to save yourself a lot of worry when you purpose in your heart that you're just going to trust God with your future. He says in Philippians 4, 6, notice this, guys. He says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, he's giving us something else to do now. He says, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, but pray, glory to God, about everything he says. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has already done. And this is way number seven out of ten ways to live the worry-free life. Way number seven, write this down, is when tempted to worry, pray. Glory to God. When tempted to worry, pray. And so how about, guys, if you replace your worry habit, glory to God, with a prayer habit? How about when, when you are tempted to worry, rather than you worrying, you start praying about the very situation you're tempted to worry about? I submit to you, child of God, and that is a very powerful thing to do. And notice what he says in verse 7. This is a promise you can stand on. He says, then you will experience God's peace, glory to God, which exceeds anything that we can understand. He says, His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus, as you live in this intimate relationship with a Jesus, you see. Now, sometimes it's, uh, it's interesting to think of, guys. God tells us to, to pray about everything. But here's the deal, of course, and we read this earlier in Matthew. God, of course, already knows what we need, you see. He said in verse 6, tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. But of course, guys, God knows what we need. And so the question might come up, well, Alex, why does God want me to tell Him what I need, even though God already knows what I need? And guys, what I want you to understand is this is relational. This is all about the relationship. Once again, it's going to come back to the relationship. You see, this is you opening your heart before God. This is you uh, pouring out your heart before Him. You see, He already knows what you need, child of God, but He wants you to tell Him glory to God. He already knows what's in your heart. He already knows those anxious thoughts in your heart. But what He wants you to do, uh, child of God, is He wants you to uh, tell Him about it because what happens is when there's communication that happens, what happens is there's a greater level of intimacy you know, intimacy, guys, means come into me and see. And so the way that you're going to have a greater level of intimacy with God is uh, by you uh, having a communication with Him, by you sharing uh, with Him what's on your heart. And so a lot of times, guys, prayer is all about the relationship. And way number eight to live the worry-free life is this. It is practice radical gratitude. Notice what he says in Philippians 6 as well. He says, tell God what you need. And then he says, thank him for all that he has done. And so one way, guys, that you can begin to shift out of worry is by beginning to practice radical gratitude. Now, what is radical gratitude? Look at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5.18 in the NLT says, Be thankful in all circumstances. Stop right there. The Bible tells us to be thankful, guys, in all circumstances. Now, notice what he did not say. He did not say, be thankful for all circumstances, but you want to be thankful in all circumstances. In other words, when you're dealing with a sickness, you don't thank God for the sickness, glory to God. No, what you do is you thank Him that He is your healer, glory to God. You see, you're dealing with some lack in your life. Man, you don't thank God for the lack. No, man, you don't want to do that, okay? Uh, what you want to do is you want to thank Him that He is your provider. You're worried about your kids? Don't thank Him that your kids are, you know, giving you a bit of a, a headache, okay? <laughs> nope. Uh, what you want to do is uh, you want to thank Him that He loves your kids even more than you love your kids. You see... You want to thank Him that you can trust Him where your children are concerned. You want to thank Him that you can trust Him where His promises for your children are concerned. And so, you thank God in all circumstances. He says, gratitude unlocks the door to your future. Gratitude unlocks the door to your future. Gratitude is a, is a way of powerfully shifting you, 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 you'll notice when you practice gratitude, man, it shifts how you look at things. The Bible actually says that we increase in faith through thanksgiving. So gratitude is a powerful way, man, to shift out of the worry habit. Number nine is, uh, is this, guys. It is, it is you want to unlock the power of Praise, And I want to look at uh, Matthew chapter 21, verse 15. I want to look at this in the King James Version. And then Psalms chapter 8, verse 2. I want you to really understand, guys, one of the most powerful weapons that you have against the enemy is praise. You know, there's something that happens, man, when you start to praise God, man, in the midst of the storm. No matter what's going on in your life, you know, the natural, it makes no sense to praise Him, but there's something very powerful, guys, that is unlocked when you uh, begin to praise God in the midst of your challenge, in the midst of the issue, in the midst of whatever is going on. You start praising Him for who He is. Notice what Jesus says here. He says in verse 15, And when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that He did, speaking of Jesus, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, uh, they were sore displeased. Now, verse 16 says, And said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And notice what Jesus said. He says here, And Jesus saith unto them, Yeah, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. And so, he's talking about praise here. Now, Something very interesting I want you to notice here, guys. If you flip over to um, Psalms chapter 8, or Psalms 8, verse 2, because Jesus here is actually quoting Psalms 8, verse 2, and notice how, how this uh, psalm puts it. He says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, what Jesus was just saying, hast thou, hast thou ordained strength. Strength. And so notice this, guys. Jesus was quoting this very psalm, but what Jesus did was, rather than saying praise, he said strength. 
He says strength in Matthew 21 verse, uh, verse uh, 16. But this verse here says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of your enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. And so, Jesus, guys, is referring to praise as strength. Glory to God. You see, one thing that worry is going to do is worry is going to weaken you. Worry is going to weaken you. I want you to know, child of God, praise, glory to God, is going to strengthen you. Praise is going to strengthen you when you just praise God for His goodness. You just praise God for who He is, glory to God. Sometimes the best thing you can do, you're in the midst of an issue, man, the best thing you can do is turn on some praise and worship music and just get into praising the Lord. <laughs> praise God. Number 10, Number 10 out of 10 ways to live the worry-free life is this, and you can turn over to Psalms chapter 77. Psalms 77. We'll look at verses 11 and 12. Number 10 is this, guys, and this is, this is very simple but so powerful. It is remember all that God has already done. You start noticing all the times where, man, you know, you were in the ditch, Stuff really shouldn't have worked out, but man, somehow God came through. There's some testimonies in your life, man, that you can think back on, you know, that where, where, where you, where you got to say, man, God really came through for me in that. And so, remember all that God has already done. Look at Psalm 77, verses 11 and 12 in the King James. He says here, I will remember the works of the Lord. Glory be to God. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Verse 12, he says, I will meditate also of all thy work, and I will talk of thy doings. Notice, guys, he brings it back to meditation. Remember worry, we started off with tonight by saying worry is negative meditation. So rather than you meditating on the stuff you don't want, you meditate on what God's already done in your life, and now here's the spoken word. He says, and I will talk of all of your doings. So you meditate on what God's already done. And you talk about it. You say it out loud, man. You share your testimony with others. There's something very powerful that happens when we as believers share our testimony. In fact, the Hebrew word uh, that's used for testimony, that is a word that literally means do it again with the same power and authority. And so when you read in the in scripture in the Old Testament, all over the Old Testament, the testimonies and, and and Israel talking about what God had already done, the implication there is your testimony, you're saying, Lord, we are testifying of what you've done, and we're we're saying, Lord, do it again. You see. Every time you remember something God's already done, you're saying, Lord, do it again with the same power and authority. And so, number 10, remember all that God has already done. That's 10 ways to live the worry-free life, guys. 10 ways to live the worry-free life. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubin. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue to grow in our understanding of God's grace 
Now to learn more and to access the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision Partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, visit graceworldonline.org forward slash give. Now I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.